It is just after 2 p.m. and it's time for our weekly NOLA Knows Consumer Talk. And today we're talking, <laughs> Wendy's smiling at me. Today we're talking a little bit about um, if you, how it is that you get your bank to reimburse you if you've been defrauded, which is something that I think touches everybody. Uh, uh, unfortunately, yes. Yes. Unfortunately, And yes. you're actually right. It's unfortunately, yes, definitely. So now, uh, Wendy, let's talk a little bit about some of the findings initially. If you can just set the case for us, please. Okay, so this it's it's also a, a woman's issue. So this month being Women's Month, mm-hmm. we're just about to to tiptoe out of Women's Month. Um, the Banking Services Ombud Rihanna Stain put out a press release saying that um, women are targeted um, by certain kinds of frauds more. So, for example, while ATM fraud is number three in their list of frauds behind. Um, uh, internet and credit card fraud, and we can talk talk about those a bit later. Mm. When you look, when there's, that's the general um, the complaints that they get. So people have been victims of fraud and haven't felt that their banks looked after them, and then lodged a complaint with the banking ombuds. Right? When she looked, um, when the office looked just at women, ATM was number two. So um, she was saying that um, it stands to reason because ATM um, crime is actually quite. Physical, not in the fact that the person would get assaulted, mm. but it's as she she put it, it's easier for men to interfere with women as they're going about their business. Mm. And um, she gave a case study, and I happen to have one that came to me very recently um, that I thought was worth talking about because even I found I've dealt with so many of these cases, but it brought home how every minute counts, and this applies to all forms of break, yes. break whether you get hit on the internet. Um, Credit card fraud, which, which is done over the phone. We'll talk about that. That's the fastest growing fraud, bank fraud at the moment. Mm-hmm. Or whether it's at an ATM, you've got to have that number and make sure it's the right number of your bank's lost or stolen card or fraud or whatever division it is. Find out what number you must phone. Have you should it, literally save it. Save it, absolutely. Yes. Save it in your phone. Um, test it now and then to, test that it, to see that it is. If I was going to report a fraud, is this a number? You only have to keep them on the line for five seconds mm-hmm. to make sure. Anyway, so... What happened was an East London pensioner, Juliana Yazbek, who's 71, she was at a Standard Bank ATM in the Nahoon area of East London on a Tuesday morning last month, middle of the morning. Her son took up the case with me. He said, an imposing male intimidated and engulfed her to the extent that he managed to have sight of her pin. Mm. And that's mm. what happens. A lot of men would be like, what? You know, be very, it would it'd be less likely to happen. Unless it was a very old sort of frail man, I suppose. Anyway, um, he says it was clear that he was peering over her shoulder and invading her privacy. He had, prior to this, inserted a card jamming device in the machine, which obviously his mom Mm -hmm. didn't know about. She entered her pin, and then there was something wrong with the machine, he said, and the crook was constantly telling her to press cancel, press cancel, because what he had done was he's been looking while she's trying to put in her pin, and when she pressed cancel, the card shot out, he grabbed it, and off he went, all in Second kind of thing. They are so practiced at Mm. this. Um, All of this was captured on on CCTV footage, which is how they know exactly what happened. Mm. Um, And here's the point of this show is 
if you fall victim to a bank fraud, as I said, whether it's whatever form it is, the faster you can make that call, the more chance you have of getting your money back. Because mm. how it works is all the losses you suffer, everything is recorded, right, on your statement. Every loss that you suffer after you make that call, so it's the time you connected with the bank, it's the bank's responsibility to pay you back. And mm. everything up until that point is your loss. So you can imagine, and these oh, so the wow. fraudsters know this. So they yeah. know. So it's from the moment that you report it to the bank, basically. Yes, from the moment you make that call. So, so if so you the, wait 24 hours to report it, the bank can do nothing, pretty much. Well, they, they would then. They would say. It's, you, yeah. we, you didn't give us an opportunity to mitigate your loss. Mm-hmm. And the banking board would then side with the bank and saying, well, um, I'm afraid, you, you know, you... Uh, compromised your pin or whatever and then you did nothing to mitigate your loss mm. so in this case this is I, I love this case it's so interesting um what juliana yazbek did was she acted fast she had the this the senate bank lost stolen card number mm-hmm. in her phone she made the call phone records showed that she made that call at nine fifty-seven. now these minutes are important mm-hmm. the fraudster drew 2000 rand from an atm um in the area um, a minute later, sure. so he obviously gapped it when he got the card <laughs> and found the quick as it was an Epsilon. one. He, he obviously had it planned. He, he had it planned, yes. right? Then at nine fifty-eight, um, I got this right. Three minutes after uh, Yanina made the call to her bank, the fraudster spent thirty-two thousand rand on that credit wow. card with some merchant who nobody is able to identify. But sure. thirty-two thousand rand on on your account, right? Mm. That was three. Um, Three minutes later, and one minute after that, Standard Bank blocked the card as stolen. So in other words, they blocked the card four minutes after Yanina made that call. Her entire call, by the way, was 27 minutes long. What? Yeah, it was a long call. And it should generally be a little bit faster, a lot faster uh, than that. The the total length of the call, I suppose, is not relevant. It's the fact that they need to block that call. Mm -hmm. From the moment that call is made, they need to be... And if you think about it, four minutes is a a long time. It's a long time, yes. It's a long time. 27 minutes is also a pretty long time if you consider... Well, that was the entire call. I don't know what went on in the rest of the call, but the the, the, the important bit happened in the first five minutes, right? Um, And the banks know how it works. They know how the responsibility Mm. works. So they, Mm. they, they should... All their staff in that division should be trained and all the banks to work with um, immense speed. Mm. Anyway, they obviously, Yanina um, and her son asked uh, in, uh, for the money for the bank to reimburse that 32000 in particular. Um, and responding to that in writing, the bank said that uh, she had compromised her PIN and that the bank was under no obligation to reimburse her with more than 32,000 rand, which was her loss. And this is, these are the important words. At the time of the first opportunity to detect the irregular transactions on your account. So that so the bank is effectively saying there that um, the first opportunity was four minutes after that call was made to them um, that, you know, that she was a victim of, of um, potentially a victim of fraud um, at the ATM. But as a gesture of goodwill, and the banks often do this, with no admission of liability, the bank offered to reimburse her 16,000 rand, which was half her loss of that that main of that 32, right? So I was very interested in the timing of that because it's always been my understanding, as I said at the beginning of our discussion, that what losses you suffer before you make the call are for you, Mm -hmm. what losses happen after you make that call is for the the bank must reimburse you. Mm. So I needed to understand why, the, how that 50% thing happened. 
And now the bank's saying they had no liability. So I ran the case past a senior person at the Ombudsman for Banking Services, um, and I asked how that office evaluates these cases regarding time. And the answer I got was our office's stance on these matters is that the bank needs to refund any transactions done after the complaints call reached the call center to cancel a call. So from the when, time you the phone time, in, the time you, call you make in. the connection. And yes. you can prove it because, you know, you have the call, call records. Yes. Yeah. It is all about mitigation of losses, and there is nothing more that the complainant could have done. She acted as fast as she could. The bank would normally argue that it's not fair and and that it also takes some time to stop the card. So he was saying in that first minute, yeah, maybe don't argue for the 2,000 because, you know, a minute is very little time for them to do it. But he said um, taking that into account, three minutes until the 32,000 rand transaction is an extremely long time. To take mm. four minutes to cancel a card is unacceptable and the bank needs to at least refund that 32,000. So I obviously shared that with the bank and said, would you like to reconsider? And happily for Juniata, they did. They said, we've concluded the investigation uh, to determine uh, and have determined that our customer should be refunded. The investigation brought to light new information. The customer did call Senate Bank, but called Vehicle and, fi- and Asset um, finance that division they call it VAF mm. um, in the time that the call was transferred to the lost card number the customer had been defrauded the call was transferred 17 seconds after the illegal withdrawal of the customer's funds we apologize for the inconvenience and the frustration that it has caused and the stolen funds will be re- returned in other words she's getting the full 32,000 oh. right yes so the interesting part was then about the wrong number. I thought, let me mm. investigate this. I asked, what number did she have saved? Where did she get it from? She said, no, this is the number. And On her card? Th- th- not the number on her card. The number that she had saved in okay. her phone for lost for and stolen, stolen cards. cards. Remember the bank mm-hmm. saying that she actually phoned vehicle and asset finance mm-hmm. and they had to transfer it yes. to the right department. So I took that number and I went on Santa Bank's website and there it is. Lost and stolen cards, the right number. And mm. then I thought, hold on. I'm it's a- not her fault. Yes. And also, I'm a... I'm a um, <laughs> The bank account holder myself. Let me. I always like to take my own advice. I looked at what I had saved and lost that number. So, and she says that there was no transferring of any calls. I don't know where that mm. came from. But the good news is anyway that four minutes was considered too long. They should have kept blocked the card within four minutes of her phoning. It's a long time if you think about it, Lee, mm. to be holding on. And because of that... Because they move fast. Once you, they take your card, the they bank, have to move fast. The bank needs to move yes, fast. Yes. And um, shame, there was this, this case came down to a minute or two. But, um, yeah, they took the money at 10. They blocked the card at 10.01, which was four minutes after she made the call. Too long, pay it back. And so I thought it was important to share this case because... It emphasizes and, and, and reveals really graphically mm. how important it is for you to A, know the number, put, have it in your phone, and to, and to know, be on top of this, to know that you, if you get an SMS um, of funds moving out of your account that you didn't move, make the call, there will be more coming. Save your, you know, mitigate, minimize your potential losses because. Mm. Anything after that call is made, the bank must refund to you. So um, a message, message is coming through. One of them saying, hi, what if her bag was also stolen? What then? I also she thought of that. Her money. Yeah. Well, there's always the number at the, AT- at the ATM. They have mm-hmm. a number there. Juliana thought, well, I have the number in my phone. It's quicker for me to speed dial and to, to dial it. But you can always 
um, borrow a phone from somebody in the area, a security guard, somebody, and make mm. that call. So that's, that is that option. But yes, it did occur to me, what if the bag was gone as well? Mm. But in most of these ATM cases, they don't take the bag as well. They want, they're oh, after okay. the card and the pin. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, they're not mugging, you know, not mugging <laughs> in the traditional sense. Yes. They want, they, they're tricking you yeah. out of your card. Yeah. And I imagine because uh, when, when it comes to ATM fraud, uh, we'll get into the other different types of uh, bank mm. fraud that does happen. But with ATM fraud, I imagine that uh, because a lot of people don't these days, it, it seems as though many people don't actually use the ATM. Younger people, younger people, the millennials, twenties. No, they as don't. Much as I, I talked to my colleagues about this, I had this mm. chat with Ezra. They're like, like twenty five, twenty six mm. year olds. They're like, oh, we cannot remember the last time we went to an ATM. ATM yeah. But there's certain things you do need cash for, but we won't go there. But but yes, it's sort of your. 40s, 50s and older. Mm. And, and if you think about it, especially in the, in, in the case of Juliana, she's 71 years old. She's mm. a woman on her own. She's a prime target. Mm. She's a prime target. Definitely. In case you've just joined us, we're talking to Wendy Nola, who's a consumer journalist. And this time around, we're talking about, um, if you want your bank to reimburse, if you want your bank to reimburse you, sorry, if you've been defrauded, we'll be talk, we spoke a little bit about ATM, um, bank fraud, but we're also going to be talking about phone fraud, which you said is one of the fastest growing ones. Yeah. Internet. It's, it's, it's um, credit card fraud credit by card phone. By phone, yes. Credit yeah. card fraud, um, fraud by phone. Uh, we are taking your calls and your messages. The the number to call is 011-8830702. Uh, we have Francis, Francois sorry, from Valterfrieden Park um, on the line with us. Francois, good afternoon. Good, good afternoon, ladies. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. Thanks, Francois. Good, thanks. Hi there. I just want to ask a question. It hasn't personally happened to me because I tend to be a bit of a an OCD nut and a bit of a, a security nut in the sense that I keep my card to myself, my pin to myself, and anybody that sounds half dodgy, I, I ask a hundred questions before they start um, even trying to be fraudulent with me. Um, but it did happen to my mom not so long ago, um, and she was, I'm going to mention who it was, was with, with Absa Bank, and she actually, um, they they somehow got hold of their pin code, and obviously, you know, they've got to send you, the bank sends you a notification that an expenditure has happened, and it's a, like almost a pre-notification. And so she got a notification that the money was being spent in her card, and she immediately thought, well, this is not right. I've got my card. I've done no transactions. That doesn't seem right. She phoned the bank immediately. And while she was on the phone with the bank, another transaction was going mm. In total, the amount that eventually came off was close to, I think, between seven or 15,000 rand. Um, and while she was on the phone, she was actually telling the, 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 the operator, saying, they're actually debiting an amount off right now mm. as you're speaking. Please cancel the card. And she actually had not a single cent paid back there. Mm, and that's that some time back. Is there any recourse on an old case like this? Interesting story. How old are we talking about, Francois? Oh, so it goes back more than three years. Uh, possibly, possibly, because, yeah. I mean, this has been the Ombud's um, thinking and stance on these cases for a long, a very long time. So and the bank actually gave her the Ombudsman's number and said to her, you're welcome to find yes, the Ombudsman. They do. They, they do. They do. They, they, do encourage their clients, um, their grief yeah. clients to go through that process, which I suppose is commendable. And, but I do think sometimes it's said in a way of, well, you, we're saying this because we know you're wasting your time kind of thing, I, I think. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah if you I want mean, to email me, we could look at that because... Do they, not, do they not have, the banks have, uh, they take automatic insurance for this type of thing? I not sure that they take insurance. I know that, uh, I mean, it's just frauds costing all the banks and 
awful lot of money. Um, yes. How they funding that? I'm not. Um, how they 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 finding the money for it? I'm not exactly sure. I should possibly yeah. look at that. Yeah. But yes, the issue the issue is around the timing, and your call speaks to that because your mom, you know, you, how long? I mean, with were with the debits? How long she had she been on the line when the when when the debits when she started seeing? because oh, that's me, the you exactly see that's the critical issue. If she just so. if she just made contact, I think it would be unfair because I mean they've literally it does mm. take some time to. I think there's a minute or so leeway. We obviously need to be fair to the bank. They need to actually act on what they need to hear what you're saying and act yes. on it. In this case, yes. it was four minutes, which was considered too long. So they do look at each yeah. case on its merits. But if she'd been on for some time and they yeah. still hadn't blocked it three, four minutes, say, then then that was a case in which if she'd taken it to the Umbud, she probably, well, she would have had a very good chance. Um, I can't say for sure because I don't yeah. know all the facts, but she would have had a very good chance of, of being refunded, I think. Yeah. So, okay, so maybe I should maybe actually say to her, listen, if, it's, if it was less than three years ago, maybe try I'm and not have a sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what the bank's cutoff is, but um, three years is often often the cutoff in, in, in right. corporate world, yeah. Okay, great. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Francois. Thanks so much, Francois. Um, some messages coming through. I wanted to uh, share this one with you, Wendy. It says, "Hi, I've just tried um, F and B fraud line. Message is they are experiencing a large oh, no. number of calls, and please hold. What if money is being withdrawn while you're holding?" That message coming through from Jill. I wonder if she's phoning the correct number because I find that hard to believe, and they've got to be staffing those. You can't have that. And anyway, it's it's making them liable. Mm. That, that um yeah. I, uh, oh, I'd love, I'd love, I'd love her to leave the number with with Kabazela there, so that I can follow up. Yeah, the number she phoned. Because maybe, yeah, maybe if you can, Jill, if you can uh, WhatsApp us the number that you phoned, and then we'll try test it on our side and just <laughs> be doubly sure about that because that, that's that unlikely. Is... I've never heard that actually. Okay, all right. Um, Yaku from Santon. Good afternoon. What's your question or comment? Hi. Um. I recently had my cards replaced and they got the new tap and scan functionality. So yes. what I noticed was some of the retailers honor the tap and then you have to enter the pin while some don't. So that's a huge uh, security flaw in the system there. Well, I've investigated that, Jaco, um, because when these cards uh, first started becoming quite com- uh, yeah. Popular, well, not popular, but um, reaching a lot of uh, bank customers often without their um, uh, concept. Well, they didn't like it, and the bank said, "Well, this is the way the technology is going," kind of thing. Uh, so there's a lot of internationally as well, a lot of um, uh, um, skepticism and fear around this card, and a belief that it's opening them up to fraud. The statistics worldwide don't show that there's any merit to that. What? You, um, first of all, then, then the you can only um, tap for relatively low amounts. The, each bank has their own limit, but it's it's fairly low. And sure. as a safeguard in the system, so that they uh, discourage um, fraudsters from even thinking about it, from targeting them, is every now and then, um, randomly. Um, I don't know if it's each bank will have their own system, if it's every third or fourth, or just completely random. But it will prompt the pin as well, and that is a security measure. I would have just enabled the PIN to always um, uh, have to put in. I don't. um, If if the card is physically stolen, you can just tap it anywhere and it'll accept that transaction. And I haven't noticed it being random. It's it's almost as though some retailers and some systems. Oh, I see. 
and others don't. Maybe they're reacting to um, resistance, pushback from too many of their customers. Funnily enough, so I have a tap and go and it doesn't work. It's essentially the same as the chip and pin system. It's just you don't have to physically insert the card. You can just tap it. And I don't think there's an issue with it. But as long as they honor the pin, then you have two-factor authentication, which makes it secure. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Everybody in the banking system, maybe they will just decide to close ranks on this one. But I've, for everyone from you know the banking association to the banking ombud to payments association, they're all saying there isn't that it's not red flagging as as mm. um, being targeted of an, you know, or increasing card fraud that mm. the tap and go system. So we'll. We'll see. Yaku, thank you so much okay. for, for calling and for sharing. A uh, question coming through uh, for you, Wendy, saying, is there a universal 24-hour number for card fraud across um, different banks? Yeah, there has to be. Otherwise, the fraudsters would just have a field day at night. Mm. You know, they, they invest huge resources mm. in this into this. So I'm saying for them to be a, we're experiencing alcohol volume, it's going to cost the bank. Because mm. imagine they're going to the ombud saying, this happened, I tried to report it, but they they couldn't take my call. They mm. just would never take that risk. Okay. Kaklejo from Centurion, good afternoon. What's your comment, please? Uh, good day, how are you? Good, fine, thanks, and you? Good, good. You're speaking to Kaklejo here. Um, I was listening to Francois' complaint uh, regarding having your card and there's a duplicate card somewhere there. Mm. I actually got my entire 8,000, I think it was 7,000 refunded. Um, they tried to argue that uh, it's a pin activated card, but then I said I've got a copy of my card. So where did the next person get the card? And who signed for it? And I actually had records of my signature. So it's just, he just needs to go and make the point. And ask for all the documentation. Yes. So that there sometimes though it's a it's a what are they called? Uh, what do they call it? It's a it's like a no card thing. So that the the funds are coming off, but and the the account holder's got the card, but there isn't a case of a second. So that was a case of a cloned card, which is in your case, um, you can say, well, you know, you should have checked the signature's not the same when the card was. Um, Collected and all that kind of thing, but in a case of a yeah. no card one, it's much more difficult to yeah, that's to a prove. Much more difficult. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I, I misheard it, but you can get his funds back if it was that situation. And also, if he if the if the, the mom recorded uh, reported it in time and they didn't act fast enough and to stop those last ones going through, then then he, that those oh. last ones would should be refunded. So hopefully, we can report yeah. back on that at, at some point. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm very interested in this whole, with regards to the cloning of cards. Uh, is that something that you're seeing happening quite a lot? I don't get too many complaints about mm-hmm. that anymore. I get um, internet fraud ones and the credit card ones. Those are the two biggies mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, but Cloning must be really sophisticated, kind of. <laughs> must be a sophisticated organization. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I think the fraudsters go where they can eat, get the biggest... Uh, biggest bonanza of someone else's money with the least effort and mm. I don't know if we can, we're just about to go to news so it will possibly save the, the, the fastest growing most rampant form of uh, bank fraud at the moment which is the credit card one 
Uh, we can save that for after the news, I think. All righty, we'll continue our conversation with Wendy Nola, talking about um, you, you, about being defrauded and how it is that the bank responds, what it is that you should do, and how it is that you can possibly protect yourself as well. Uh, Wendy, we do have a few. Uh, so first of all, before we take some of the calls, you you wanted to talk about uh, the fastest growing. Oh, yeah. um, Yes, bank fraud that you're seeing happening. The, the in South Umbud, Africa. so much so, the Umbud was was astounded by the figures from January. Mm-hmm. Um, credit card fraud. So it's it's a different kind of credit card fraud. This is how it works. Um, you get a call from your bank. You think they pre- pretend to be from your bank, right? And they've got the call center vibe going in the background. It sounds <laughs> really, yeah. yeah it sounds. We all know those sounds. You know, we've taken, yeah. we've all taken those calls, and most of our bank. Banks are already proactive about fraud. So if there's unusual, I, I've had the calls, you said, or mm-hmm. fair, you've had them. You do something a little bit out of your usual buying mm-hmm. pattern or you overseas or something and they phone you and say, oh, these, we've seen these, are they legitimate? So these are calls that we, we, that are authentic often. And so you're not on high alert if you get that call. And what the, uh, they do is, um, so you're on your cell. They phoned you on your cell and they say, just have a look. Um, there's three uh, transactions we can see or whatever that are uh, key to go through. We just need to stop them, but we need your help. We need you to just read out the, and they don't, they don't call them PIN, obviously. They call them authentication numbers or something like that. That'll be coming across your screen now. It makes no sense, but now you panicked, eh? Mm. They're talking now to panic people who think time is of the essence. Mm -hmm. I've got to stop this now. I'm going to lose my money. And so they read these numbers, and of course they they pin numbers. These crooks are now on retail sites. They they've found your credit card numbers. These are these are serious crooks. They've got your number from the deep dark web, right? This is the mafia. <laughs> and so they've got your cell number and your bank number. What yeah. they need is your uh, uh, and your login details. They need your pin. That's one thing they can't get because it's it's generated. It's one time. It's what the word means. It's hmm. uh, it's it's different every time, right? So. So then they've got their purchase lined up on Take Lot or wherever they're shopping, and um, it's not going to be a cheap thing. And um, as soon as you read that number out, they put it nicely into the thing. There's the pin, and they shop on your credit card. Sure. And people are falling for it. Mm. Um, so, and they can prove that the SMS was sent to your phone, right? So it, you had to have. Approved it. Uh, enabled happened? the fraud. But in, but the banks are, um, a lot of them are um, actually settling quietly because um, they, they, most of them are settling those ones when they come through. They mm-hmm. give it just because it's, and they're going instead on, a, on an education drive. Please, if you get the call, what you must do is um, end the call immediately mm-hmm. and phone the, the fraud number that you know, that you have in your phone, and you hit that dial and say, is there any um, fraud on my account? And uh, well, most likely yeah. say no. Okay. Because a genuine fraud uh, um, person is not going to ask you to read any numbers that are scrolling up on your phone. Okay. They don't need you to do that. Ah, okay. You see? That's good to know. Yeah. But you're in a panic now, and it sounds because so right. Because I'm saying that the money's going off your account. We need yes, to. We, yes, they don't need any numbers from you. Yeah. They just need to know from you. Are you authorizing these? If it's a genuine call, no, I'm not. Okay, we'll block. We won't. We won't um, approve them. Right. They're not going to, you know, you they're never, not going to ask you for so yeah, a, the one time pin. It's yeah. a clever variation of we will never, we will never ask you for your pins. But the fraudster's not calling it a pin. He's calling it a, 
you know, like a Some stop other. number that you need to give them. That's never going to no. be the case in the real world. Mm-hmm. It's just a very clever way, and it's working on a lot of people. Sure. So, all right, let's take some calls. Roxanne and Greenstone, good afternoon. What's your question or comment for Wendy? Hi, ladies. Um, I had quite an interesting case, um, which happened to me twice, not once. The first time it happened was last year. Um, I was sitting at work at my desk. I had all my cards in my wallet, and I got an SMS notification from my bank to say an ATM cash withdrawal had just been taken off my account. Um, That was the first time it wasn't a big amount, and the exact same thing happened to me again this year. Um, Also, an ATM cash withdrawal, I had my card in my hand. And it wasn't my credit card, it was my debit card, Mm -hmm. my check card. Mm. So it's just, I don't understand how How people can make a physical cash withdrawal from an ATM, which requires a PIN, when I have got my cards in my wallet with me. And how did the bank respond? Did you get the money reimbursed? Do you know what? They were actually both times, they were brilliant about it. Okay. Um, but I can totally relate to having to hold um, to get through to them. And you're in such a panic because you're so worried that it's they're going to make more withdrawals. Yes. And um, I never had the number saved in my phone, but obviously you get an SMS that says, if you haven't made this transaction, call this number, mm. which is the number I called okay. straight away. And I probably held for in excess of four or five minutes just to get through to somebody to cancel but, my card. But you'd made the call. The interesting thing is the banks yeah. have always said, well, you have, to, you have to have compromised your PIN because there's no way that... Um, and I don't know how. Yeah, maybe, that's the interesting know, thing. Putting your pin in at a, I don't know, at a, a supermarket, or I don't know how it happens. But then they need to have known the details of a card. Yeah, who knows? But these fraudsters <laughs> are very, very, very clever. It's such a pity yeah. they're not putting their skills into the economy in it legitimate could have been used ways. For intelligence. Yeah. yeah. Crazy, but they were sure. brilliant, and both times I got my money back. Good to so, know. And Good I to actually know. asked them to investigate further because for me to have been subjected to that same fraud, you feel vulnerable now. Yes, in a year, I feel extremely vulnerable, and, and each time I get a new card, I have a new pin. Yes, you know what I'm saying. And why? Why are you a part? That's a very weird kind of fraud. That I know. So that was quite a unique one. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing, Pleasure. Roxanne. Have a lovely day. Me too. Thanks, Roxanne. Um, okay. Sorry, that just illustrates she got on the yes. phone quickly. That's why we get these SMS alerts. Be on, be aware when you get those Don't alerts. Don't put yeah. them on silent. I mean, mm. we have to catch planes and things, unfortunately, and I hear those cases. Mm. But yeah, get on the phone as quickly as you can. Um, some messages coming through. One of them saying, um, "My wife had her card used." in Durban while she was in Joburg. Is this something that you see? <laughs> yes, quite common. Sure. And then again, there has to be some investigation about how that happened. Did you compromise your pin? Did you have mm-hmm. your card? Was it was the fraud committed with the card or without the card? And yeah, there's many different forms of fraud. But he doesn't say whether the money was reimbursed. No, so, no. Yeah, we don't know there. All right, Hank from uh, Menland. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I just, uh, I've downloaded the app called Samsung Pay. Uh, and it's more secure than anything I've come across in the sense that there's not even a pin, but you can only activate it through your thumb or uh, yes. fingerprint. Yes. But the problem with that is not all the cards exactly. 
transparency accepted. And I think there should be a drive from the banks to actually say that if uh, or change their machines or whatever the case may be. I agree. I was with someone a few months ago, I'd say about nine months ago, using the Samsung Pay. And the re- it was obviously the first time that particular cashier had um, seen it. Um, and it was a, a very national retailer, national footprint. And she just said, oh, there's a first for everything. And he kind of showed her how to do it uh, and how it yeah. worked. And then the next day he went back. I was with him and tried to pay for something else in the same way. And the, and the supervisor was around and said, we don't do that. And we said, but you did yesterday. And she said, well, we're not supposed to. So I think you're absolutely right. There needs to be, that was sort of nine months ago. But I, I do frequently hear from consumers just like you, Hank, saying, it's such a wonderful payment platform, but mm. it's not rolled out enough. But I think that will change pretty soon. I okay. think it will. Because yeah, because consumers drive these things. Consumers want the convenience mm. and the security of it. And so that will drive um, it being rolled out as consumers demand it. Yeah. Perfect. Have a good evening. Thanks, Hank. Thanks, Hank. And now, uh, Wendy, let's talk a little bit about internet and credit and some internet fraud cases that you perhaps come across. Uh, the phishing cases. So, um, those, we've all received those emails. <laughs> I know. And, and I'm hesitating because I, I've, I've dealt with so many and so many of them are really sad. So, so you've got two types. The mm-hmm. one where they are absolutely adamant. They never compromised their pins or anything else. They never responded to a phishing email of any sort. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely adamant. I took up one of these cases a few years ago. This woman um, was sort of late 50s, lived on her own, worked for a, a company where she did her, her internet, um, you know, her, her online payments and whatever, but that she didn't have an internet at home. And this happened to her 18,000 Rand. And I said, I know this woman. Um, she's got no kids in her house. There's no way she compromised. No one, no way someone else clicked on a, on a, on a phishing email. I said, send your, your investigator to come and do a forensic on her computer. They couldn't find anything, but they offered her a goodwill 50% of that 18,000. And you know, because they couldn't tell her what she'd done to make herself vulnerable. It was just like, you, you sign this, sign this confidentiality thing. You will not talk about this. They, the banks do that. She stopped all internet use. She goes and stands in supermarkets or sure. in queues at banks or wherever she has accounts, municipalities, and does it that way. Old school. She just will not. She will not um, make put herself at risk again. Alrighty, we have Andres on the line from Pretoria. You've been holding for quite a long time. Andres, what's your question or comment for Wendy, please? Hi, Wendy, how are you? I'm good, Andres. Go ahead. Yeah, good. Wendy, I'm sure you've heard by now all these forms of international fraud regarding brokerages and so forth. Um, yeah. I'm sure everybody, everybody's been exposed to these photos of Mark Shuttleworth and Pinar and how they made money and so forth. At, at the end of the day, it's actually very sophisticated. You technically get drawn into a very, very sophisticated website with a trading platform um, and at the end of the day you're not actually trading real your money on a real platform you're trading it on a technically a demo platform and then they set you up to lose money um, it, it's apparently one of the biggest frauds or scams currently in the world but my which is my own stupidity so I'm not going to blame, blame anyone. oh no Andres how much did you lose well, close to a hundred thousand rand <gasps> 
Oh, oh and gosh. how over what time period? Yeah, it happened fairly quickly. The time that I was involved with it was about possibly a month or two. Um, the point being, like I said, it was my own fault today. They're not registered with the FSB. So you didn't stuff. do your checks? Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. But, but my question to you is this, okay? It gets a bit more complicated than that. Um, they, once you lose your money, there's companies involved that, that offer to help you, okay, <laughs> to recoup your money. Okay? Oh, well, I've, um, my, my red flags are really waving on that one. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, some of them are legitimate. Are they? Okay. But yes, yeah, but here's the question to you, okay? Um, they, I, I actually approached the bank to these people, okay, to try and get my money back. But the, the international community or the international legal firms, if I may call them, they stand firm on the fact that you have belief from mm-hmm. you. The line has gone bad, Andre. So sorry about that. Sorry about that. Hundred thousand. That's quite a pretty penny to be losing. I don't hear from too many. I think they're just embarrassed. I know that there's nothing I can really do about it. So it was, yeah, quite good good of him to phone in and share that and warn others. Yeah, Taylor from um, Brackpan has been holding for a very long time. Thank you very much for holding. What's your question um, for Wendy, please? you. My daughter just just told me not to give up. Don't, don't give up. <laughs> oh, baby. shame. <laughs> oh, I, hope oh. I, can, I hope it's right. worth your wait. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I, I hope so. I just want to share an experience. Quite funny, three weeks before this happened to me, the bank started sending me messages. Um, I would do a 51 rand, 10 cents transaction, 71 rand there. They'll send me an SMS that say, uh, did you perform this transaction? If you have, answer yes or no. Um, but they did it like with small amounts and they were quite irritating. But I thought it's okay, you know, it's for my safety, it's fine. Yes. My husband and I go for a holiday, we arrive in Durban. Um, five days later, I think they count my card on the target because uh, every time this happens, yes. Yes. I've used a different target. Actually, it's the target, I can tell you now. Uh, I would agree with that, I get com- lots of complaints. Lots of complaints. So, uh, so what then happens is we arrive. We are asleep at night, 2 o'clock in the morning. 5,000 goes off my account. It's drawn at some restaurant. Now, in two minutes, it must have been about four minutes together. It was the first 5,000, the second 5,000, the third 5,000, the fourth 5,000, and then four grand, and then 3.5, and then 1.5. Adding up to 29,000, the whole thing. I don't even see this. Wake up in the morning, you know, you get a, you have a lot of messages on your phone. You don't know about it. When we drive back home, I'm filling up the tank. I'm saying to my wife, let me see which card to use. Let me check what balance I have. I see I've got uh, 29,000 rents yeah. left. I start calling the bank. But I, I panic. But I, then I say to the bank, you know, you've been irritating me, calling me for small amounts at 51 rents 10. I have 29,000 rents going off all at once at 2 o'clock in the morning in some restaurant. Okay, for starters, who's going to spend 5 grand at a restaurant? Mm. Who's going to spend it four times? And then who's going to spend 29,000? At that time. The, the, the bank was absolutely beautiful about it. I've had this thing before. And so I just know that, uh, you know, the, the, the they took a bit long, but... Um, and and I, that restaurant, I then went and I looked at it on online. I found they only open until like nine o'clock in the evening. So they must have been in cahoots with either the owner or somebody there. That's one. But also I use their facility. Mm. Yeah, because you because you don't call the money. They must have maybe they promised him a thousand for every five grand. And as I called the Sunday morning, the lady blocked the card as soon as she got my ID number and then she said, did you just try 
to huh. buy liquor uh, uh, worth 650. I said, no, 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 sorry, I don't drink. So he says, yeah, they tried this thing. So it was quite a... a, a, a you don't want this experience, mm. but I was quite confident the bank would sort it out because none of it was my fault. I mean, uh, with this no. thing, you can only do your best. But you, as it is, we try not to carry cash because that's even riskier. Uh, but then you go on a target, well, you know, maybe they do the crawling machine and all that. It's quite... Uh, I th- oh. I'm so glad you shared that story with us and that you held on long enough to be able to do so because I, I, I would have been remiss in not issuing an, a warning about tolls. Um, so that is the one place where I really do think you should go to an ATM <laughs> with some help <laughs> if, you've, if you're vulnerable and get cash because really it's rife with the tolls. If handing over your card, mm. and it's done in the blink of an eye. There's often two people there. I've had a lot of reports lately, and mm. I can't say who's told me this. Someone in the industry, but it's a one time. You must have cash in the car for the tolls. I know it adds up, but unless you're going through through tolls where you can do the self putting mm. your card in, if you're going through tolls yeah. where you can't yeah. do that, please, 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 don't hand your card over at a toll booth. Use cash, right? Um. And, and you know, I always complain at tolls. The ones where, where the, 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 the ones that are unmanned are generally 70 to 80% of them don't work all the time. I'm it's not that they see. don't work, it's that people don't lose their cards uh, in the right way and cause the huge holdups. Uh, That's uh, why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't put it in the right anyway. way and, yeah. Anyway, lovely show. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you for Thank holding. you so much for holding and for sharing your story. Mike and Rosebank, real quick, uh, what's your comment or question for Wendy? I certainly warn people that when you go into hospital and you've got to do a co-payment, yeah. somebody there copies your credit card. Oh. Now, when you go in for your procedure and you're under anesthetic, oh how clever is that? So they, the fraudsters have um, accomplices in, in some, some of the hospitals. Yeah. And oh. it's happened to us. So what my suggestion is when you do that, you give your phone to a loved one that they can monitor your SMS. That is a wonderful tip. Thank you. I'm going to add that to my list. That's a new one on me, but it makes sense. Talking about your previous caller, I can't understand why they can't have outside the toll gate a card swiper. Why do you have to hand it in to the booth in fine? They do it at at some, but at the smaller ones, they don't have those facilities and other people, you know, they they don't have uh, cash on them, so they hand the card over and and so it happens. And this move towards the cashless society plays into their hands. Mm. Donovan, you have the last word real quick for Wendy, please. Donovan? Yes, yes. Hi, Wendy. Happened to me last month, a large retail company in South Africa under American management. Um, I have a credit card with them. And then I got a notification via SMS that 3,000 rand was bought at uh, stuff I bought at another another retail store. I immediately phoned them. They put a hold on the cart and then started the whole ordeal. Um, how could this happen? And my only question to them was, maybe you can answer that. When I use that specific cart to mm-hmm. make a purchase, I have to show my ID. But apparently this cart was either duplicated and somebody obviously didn't have my ID and both the cards were with me. They work so, office, and, and, often and, with crime with accomplices in these various places and that's how it happens. They don't do the checks. 
<laughs> I don't require them now. I hope you got your money back. I hope we did. Uh, thank you very much, Wendy, for spending time with us. This Thanks, topic Lee. has obviously <laughs> hit home <laughs> really hard. It's oh, been lovely chatting to you. Thanks and, so much. Uh, and if anybody wants to find out any more information, of course, you can just go to the various platforms um, and uh, find out from Wendy. And then real quick, is there a way that you can use apps to cancel your cards, bank apps to cancel your cards? That's a good question. Mm. I'm not entirely sure, but I wouldn't rate my chances because it's all automated and how yeah. does an app automatically do that i think you have to phone into the line okay yeah, yeah. right Thanks. thank you very much we do know that